0: friends good morning
1: hello good evening
2: good morning good evening alan We're...
0: so cynthia you've been in, like in a whirlwind of travel where the heck are you right now and same am, with you alan
2: i am in a warm place where the rest of the u.s is in the cold place um i'm in my well i'm in miami like just north of it uh in a little town called boca raton and it's 60 degrees outside and sunny what about you alan
1: (laughs) i am over here in copenhagen denmark so i'm uh, a bunch of hours ahead of you guys it's already dark uh, but it's only five uh, (laughs) (laughs) o'clock yeah i'm over here in winter wonderland uh, enjoying it how about you mel i think we know where you are
0: (laughs) oh yeah i'm in vancouver and it's like i mean you know this well enough alan we get our annual snowfall and the whole city shuts down it's like i feel like i'm living just in a little like Inside my house, but everyone will know Al. Well, won't know, but you can hear Alan's voice. Obviously, we're joined by Alan today. Yeah. and we're gonna do something a little d- different. Alan is going to interview Cynthia and I because we've put together a really special project in conjunction with Atlas Mountain Race. Alan can tell you more about it, mm-hmm. but he sent me a. I think maybe we gossiped about this a little bit the last time you were on the pod, Alan. Mm-hmm. You're like, yo, low key, this might happen. Mm-hmm and now it's happening yeah it's it's really exciting i think uh,
1: everything lined up super nicely between us so yeah i'm going to be here today for like two principal reasons one is because both Cynthia and Mel are going to race the Atlas Mountain Race, which is coming up in like less than three weeks, or I don't know when this is going to come out. Oh my gosh, we're going to be racing weeks. three weeks from today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so
0: wait, I leave two weeks today.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my It's all happening. So we have this opportunity for me to interview you guys about what your expectations are of the race as you guys will both be participating. And then the second reason we're doing it is because, uh, in collaboration with detours uh, podcast i'm going to be going to morocco to produce a daily uh, podcast bring in all the gossip from the everyday day by day race <laughs> story um, bum,
2: bum, bum.
0: yeah
1: huge huge uh, project for us together uh detours and and atlas foreign and
0: correspondent custodian of gossip custodian Alan of Alan gossip i'm
1: On like a LinkedIn. journalist now I'm going to be taking my role very seriously yeah. as I run up behind you. I'm going to get you a name out...
2: tag. <laughs> S- stick it on. <laughs> Hi, my name is Custodian
1: Ocasio. Custodian Ocasio. I'm here for it.
2: C-O-G. Custodian. I'm going to call you the C-O-G. Cog. Cog. Oh, He's a Cog.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you're going to be hearing a lot from us over the next couple of days and weeks. And, I, and I'm really stoked on it. But... Uh, we we should set the stage, talk about what is Atlas Mm -hmm. and how we're feeling about Mm -hmm. it. Um, So it's like an overview for those who don't know this. Which edition are we on now? The the fourth? Fourth. Fourth. So this is the fourth edition of Atlas Mountain Race, uh, which is an 800 mile, 1,330-ish kilometer uh, mountain bike, off-road gravelly race. It's got like uh, 55,000 feet of climbing or like 25,000 meters. Uh,
2: I think it has 70,000 feet. Oh, you're using feet. Where I know. It too? Like, and I think
0: I it's
1: 69,000 elevation. i got windows with information on
0: them, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here being like 69,000. I've never seen that number. Uh, and then you said feet. And I was like,
2: thank fucking God. Yeah, imagine. Imagine.
1: Yeah. So it's a big mixture. When the numbers and start I'm, to get big enough
2: like that. You just have to you have to do the conversion online, <laughs> otherwise your brain yeah, is just yeah,
1: like, "What yeah, am I doing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I can't. Do American,
0: those I'll say these these freedom units are dramatic. Mm-hmm. People dramatic. Are like I did a I did a ride with. 10,000 feet of climbing, and yeah. then I do the math, Dramatic. and I'm like, it's still a lot of climbing, <laughs> but 10,000, on guys, yeah.
2: 1300 the feet or 1300 kilometers. Yeah, I know, like it's, so the it's the same. It's the same. Do you know, <laughs>
1: and, and I, I did find that because we use miles in the UK, and when I first moved to Canada, I was like, oh, this sounds so much more impressive. I did a 100 and blah, 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 rather than like 100 miles. It's mad, you know? And, and then I started riding with American people, like many years later, and doing tours. And they'd be like, yeah, tomorrow's like 12,000 feet. And I'm like, wow, that sounds so impressive. <laughs> so what I would like is I would like to use feet and kilometers. So it always sounds like the most. Yeah. And you can be <laughs> <trying to> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's 70,100 feet and it's many, many kilometers. Um, I guess the first question to ask both of you is like, why do you want to do atlas mountain race what brought this into your horizon and like what do you bring to the table in terms of experience that you think is going to aid you
2: Mm. Mel, you can go first you're always (laughs) i'll let you lead
0: uh atlas mountain race well so i went to silk road in 2022 that was my first ultra distance bikepacking race Mm -hmm. and I've since raced other events but that got me completely hooked on the nature of Nelson's routes. They are absurd, but they are gorgeous and you feel like when you get through these really challenging things you feel so so capable. Anyways, I've talked like about this so many times but I ended up scratching Silk Road, but I was like I'm going back and I want to do all of his races. So mm-hmm. I was laid off from my full-time job in April last year right before Hellenic Mountain Race and I was like, mm. well, I guess maybe I'll just be a bike racer now. <laughs> not like one who's going to yeah. win not who's going to win races, but I was like I suddenly have more time and so with like freelance life. Normally I wouldn't go to two races of this size in a year. I'm going to go back to Silk Road in the summer and mm-hmm. I was saying to my partner Jake, I was like, "Well, what the fuck am I going to do all winter?" Mm. Like I don't have enough stuff to do. Hmm. That's obviously a very privileged thing to say. So I was like, okay, maybe this is the year I do Atlas. Like, why the heck not? What's stopping me from going and doing both those things this year? So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to race solo. And then as we've talked about, I told my mom I was going to Morocco and she's like, well, I turned 60 in March. So Hmm. why (laughs) why don't I come? And I was like, like, oh my God, are you serious? Are you serious? And she was like, well, no, I'm not that serious. I was like, well, now that you've told me, you have to come.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mama happening. Web,
0: <laughs> you said Mama it out loud. <laughs> yeah, good old Sue Webb. So uh, it will be like part race. Obviously, the race will take up bulk of the trip, but then it will be like a 60th birthday party for my mom. So mm-hmm. that's like really huge motivation to get to the finish line. And I guess why this year made the most sense. What about you, Cynthia? Oh.
2: Um, last year I wanted to do Atlas actually, and my life as I've shared on the internet and as people know, has been a little bit choppy in the last year. Um, so I got divorced and that took up a lot of time and in the process of Atlas happening, trying to get a bike, it was all exploding. So I I think I was like, okay, this isn't the year. So I pushed it to this year. And, um, I, yeah, I guess I just, it's the one of the races to do it's also mm. a good it's the shortest of Alice, of nelson's races yes. atlas mm. hellenic hellenic is the layers. shortest yeah.
0: but the but the amount of climbing in hellenic okay yeah well i mm. think it probably equates to about the same time as atlas i guess
2: i don't consider uh I, I usually don't think about hellenic in my own schedule ever because it's the same time as the gravel race i put on in may so like I'm never thinking I'll do Hellenic until I decide to not do that race. Uh, like, sure, put yeah, race logistically. On. Um, yeah, it would be it would be challenging. Um, but I haven't done any races longer than ninety-six hundred hours, so this is definitely going to be longer than that. Um,
1: maybe not. I
2: guess February. <laughs> if
0: you're on good, like if if everything is going well. Obviously, like you've never done one of Nelson's races, so there is that element, but like you are a smart person and you know this type of riding. I am curious like if you're on good form, what are you thinking time frame for you to finish?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I think I can sleep. <laughs> I think I can I can manage 3 or 4 hours a night and be okay. Um I mean I when I did trans Cordilleras in Colombia last year in February, I slept a little bit and by the last day like i was pretty okay that race is gnarly too and it's not yeah necessary. it was really high mm-hmm. elevation too right yeah elevation mm. and also the gravel there is is basically like being on double track it's not you're not a lot of it is not just gravel it's you're riding on the mountain bike route and i was i was on my gravel bike so i'll be on it i'll have suspension this time so my body's gonna be like thank you um, yeah cool but nice. yeah i think Ooh. i think i think four to, four and a half i I don't know i don't know what time i'm just uh i'm one of those wing it kind of people <laughs> so i think gotta I'll just see make a where plan. it goes in
1: this kind of race for sure
2: exactly yeah so i don't know if but I, then I, hear like, the, the, I. i the, feel like i'll be nervous about it not happening
1: yeah yeah I feel like, so you're tantalized by the idea that you've never done a Nelson race before and you want to try and give yourself this challenge and also like extend your distance a bit and see how you push yourself over a greater distance. And then maybe if it goes really well, you might consider doing races that are even longer, you know, because like relatively speaking, also 1300 is like a kind of mid (laughs)
2: distance
1: in this kind of discipline, you know?
2: I think, well, this summer I have a race that's very long planned. I haven't released anything on that yet. I'll talk about it on the podcast at some point. Maybe after Atlas. Um,
0: (laughs) Cynthia's got her race calendar so buttoned up. It's going to be like (laughs) some big
2: drop. (laughs) I know. I just have too many other things that are more important than my race calendar right now. But um, Mm. I'm racing in Europe, so at least that kind of might help. Um, Mm. And so I want to do one day I will do Silk Road. That's not on the cards this year because cool. of the other bigger events that I'm planning. But I would love to do mm. a Silk Road. Um, and I think starting with this Nelson race, mm. uh, I think it'll it's be It's a
1: great start. Like, uh, Yeah, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but the perspective I'm bringing to the table is that I did the race last year. Um, and I would oh, say yes. that yeah, yeah. I think in terms – and we can also go back and forth a bit in terms of what you're worried about. And maybe I'll tell you if it's worth worrying or not um but i think that, uh, it's a really good i think it's a kind of the sweet spot in t- in terms of distance and time you know 1300 really varied terrain like yeah i put in a pretty all right effort not trying to kill myself and i did it in six days um and yeah uh yeah 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 so that's it's cool that uh i think you're both gonna have a great time uh, <laughs> uh and i hope that you get to keep your goals Alan, like, tell it- us
2: a little bit more about you and your experience with uh a- with Alice. Alice, i think you know uh, d- yeah we've we had you on the podcast but if i think you talked about
0: like bringing a lightweight sleeping bag and like putting rocks <laughs> yeah, on yeah. a tarp and that was kind of the extent of what you told us about the race
1: yeah i think yeah uh, yeah but let's but let's go through it a bit like because i want to hear what your gear choices are and i'll tell you how they compare to mine and these kind of yeah. things because i i'm you know i'm no perfectionist on these kind of things you know um Perfectly I think it's hard to person. have a race at this time of year because it's a pissy time to be in shape you know Um I think yeah. in my preparation <laughs> I was quite lucky that I mean what I did because I'm very lucky is at the time last year I was living in Mexico and we took like two weeks and did like 1200 kilometers of the Baja Divide um
2: it oh, was sweet. not
1: it, like yeah into January so I was doing that which was lovely but it wasn't on the setup I was using, but it was just, you know, miles. Um, but what have you guys been doing in terms of keeping on your on your goals and preparing your all your stuff?
2: Well, I, actually, I can say this now because I'll be announcing it later this week, but I have a new sponsor this year, and part <laughs> of the sponsorship has been uh, working with a coach. So um, mm-hmm. the Orange Seal is a brand in the U.S. They do sealant, but they also have this crew called the orange seal Academy where they mm-hmm. have a like conglomerate of athletes uh, that all share the same coach. And so I've been working with a coach. His name is Dennis mm-hmm. and it's been a really unique experience because I haven't worked with the coach since I was racing on the road. So like five, six years. And I've always been about like, just ride when I feel like it. Um, but this year I'm going all in. So <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. working with a coach and I've been riding a lot. I've been riding like almost 20 to 25 hours every week minus like a a rest week um in the last two months basically so i've been riding a lot i would say Mm. atlas is definitely an a race for me um i think it's one of i mean every race is an a race
1: for me sure uh,
0: (laughs) i'm like yeah there's no race that i know that you've lined up for where you haven't been like this yeah, is a b-race yeah live. it's not like a wish it's like a, it's like a cynthia's got the mental checkbox. and once mm. you've got the like mental checkbox, box you're i'm you're so going. it's like a train that cannot be stopped uh, uh-huh. i'm so
1: like i'm so excited to like i'm so excited to get to meet both of you in person for the first time oh, but, but i'm I also know, so i know we've still I, never uh, met as a frequent, as a frequent uh, person who's lined up at many start lines in my little stress bubble it's going to be the most fascinating thing to be there with no uh, race at all to race and yeah. to see what you guys are like in your little stress balls. <laughs> My do you mom feel like you get you, very is, I was gonna say you get very anxious I don't before get do you get super no? You go into a zen space? I have this
2: pose. My mom always makes fun of me for having ever since I was a kid, I used to be a swimmer and I would be you know in a bathing suit waiting for the start and I just look so like my face is really flat. I've seen photos of this. My shoulders are really low and I'm just like, you know, and <laughs> my mom even mm-hmm. said it the other day. I was talking on the phone. She's like, Don't worry, all this training eventually will get you to that pose and you'll be on the start line and you'll be ready to go.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: thanks. <Yes. laughs>
1: um
2: I don't necessarily have like outward nerves. I don't think I even I think I just kind of want the race to start. Um yeah but i'm I, honestly my mom also had to remind me she's like be careful because you you know you want to see all your friends and you want to do all this stuff but you don't yeah. want to get sick you know you've got no, to stay healthy we've got a the schedule start.
0: cynthia we've <laughs> got a you schedule have a, we have a
2: google doc of fans. our hotel
0: room is quarantine zone <laughs> yes um,
2: crazy actually this is another thing in training and, and talking and preparing that i've I'm learning from my coach I sorry I hijacked this a little bit but uh, <laughs> no, no. is that I'm actually gonna stay on the East Coast time zone because the race starts at 6 p.m so actually if I can manage it when I get there and then sleep, go to bed late in Morocco but sleep in then starting it'll be like the middle of the day for me uh, mm. in my times and even for Mel if Mel's able mm. to manage it as well I mean, <laughs> yeah i don't know what'll happen but the goal is to try and make it happen and then yeah that circadian rhythm doesn't get out of whack jet lag is a bitch as we all know Mm. we've all traveled Mm. so trying to prevent jet lag and also um line up on the start line like it's the middle of the day and not the nighttime Mm. how much how early are both of you arriving
1: before the race in terms of like adjusting to a time zone
0: monday i think we get there the same day i just get there a little oh babe you gotta
1: you gotta keep on your circadian rhythm since monday that's a bit tricky isn't it (laughs) i think i can do it i can do it okay honestly
0: if i have an eye mask Mm. and noise cancelling headphones i can sleep anywhere at any time of day also like if there's a doctor listening you might tell me this is bad (laughs) but i like to take gravel or like tylenol Mm. nighttime if i need to sleep it makes you a bit drowsy and you know Honestly, yeah, exactly. less
2: drowsy. Just yeah. Smoke
1: some cigarettes. Exactly. Mel, so. uh, what is your uh, <laughs> preparation game on this uh...
2: I've been smoking a pack of days yeah, yeah, a pack right? of day in
1: preparation Get those for Atlas. <laughs> <movies. laughs>
2: Are you on Virginia Slim's?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: fatties.
0: Disclaimer, I'm not a yeah, we're joking. I'm not a smoker. Um, <laughs> my mom's listening, but <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um my training. I've been actually really consistent since about, I want to say September. I took some time off after the race that I did in August. I went back East, I rested, and then I was feeling like really strong and happy after that. So I've been like very consistent, like 12, 15 hours a week with some weeks a little bit bigger. I did a big tour from Vancouver to Bend in October. Mm -hmm. Um... And in the last few weeks, like the mileage has slipped off a little bit because the weather's so bad, but honestly for a race of this type, like I'm not so fussed about that because it's about being able to endure rather than like, you know, those big spikes of like being able to like Mm -hmm. go fast in a pack or something like some, so I'm, I've definitely slipped off in like the last two or three weeks, but still riding like five days a week, just a little bit less because I'm mostly on the trainer and I will Mm. lose my marbles if I ride more than like. (sighs) three hours on the trainer. Can't even um, do three. Props to you Mal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So
0: um that's been great. And what else am I doing? I will say one thing that I have focused on more mm-hmm. this kind of like training cycle, if you will. I don't have a coach. I had a coach when I started riding, um, but I've been in like high performance sports my entire life. I was rowing and then running and I want like bikepacking and ultra racing to feel bit more relaxed and like Mm. a bit more on my program Mm -hmm. like I don't think I will unless I'm like 40 and winning races I'm not going to be like at the pointy end squeezing out that last percentage right Mm. I think I'm there to do my best and have a meaningful experience and obviously like be fit and healthy on the start line but Mm. for me I don't think like a coach would make a a difference because I know the training philosophy I don't need that extra one percent so Anyways, all that is to say one of the things that works really well for me is strength training. Mm-hmm. So I've prioritized um, a bit more upper body and like that back chain on your body just because you're hunched over on the bike. So really strengthening all the muscles on the back. Um, I also have a plate and six screws in my right leg. So do making mess that sure up. that I do st- Exactly. Making sure that I have like really strong glutes and really like healthy mobility, um, as opposed to doing like, I kind of back off. Mm -hmm. If I ever feel any knee pain, I back off of the workouts. Mm -hmm. I mix in an extra strength train and I do an easier ride. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's how I'm able to get through these events Mm -hmm. is just making sure that I don't overdo it in terms of like, Mm -hmm. do the interval training. Like like sometimes that's not the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's kind of my approach. And then mm. mental is just making sure that I stay really relaxed through the block and like never feeling like one workout is going to make or break me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is like carry the positive feelings when you have them. And then the bad workouts or the bad rides when you feel bad on the bike, like let it kind of fade into the wind and blow away because it's it's not going to serve you in the long run. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how I've been approaching things. Hell
1: yeah. I also thought about like, uh you know this thing about uh trying to have this back and forth with your body when you're asking a lot of it and i used to think about how people always say like you got to listen to your body but like in ultra cycling there's listening but it's also a negotiation because you must ask a lot of it it's
0: a negotiation and
1: and you must listen to it also but you must also ask a lot of it Mm -hmm. you know so it really is a a quite interesting back and forth that you got to learn to to sort of that, like, it you have managed. to make
2: sacrifices if you're if you're if you're riding a lot. And Mel and mm-hmm. I have had this conversation recently. Like, I don't know, other things in my life seem to be less important and or become like less of a priority because I'm I'm too tired to mm-hmm. worry about replying to that email or taking care of that one thing. um So you have to, yeah, you kind of have to like negotiate and balance. Mm-hmm. Your brain certainly doesn't work as well when you're riding more than X amount of hours a week. And Mm -hmm. so balancing that has been – I love the word negotiate though. You have to negotiate with your body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're
0: negotiating through training and you're negotiating through the race. Mm -hmm. Like there's levels of pain or tiredness Mm -hmm. that sometimes you have to be like, well, we're going to go a bit farther tonight. Mm -hmm. But then I'll let you sleep Mm -hmm. and you'll feel good. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow we'll have the same conversation Mm -hmm. again.
1: (laughs) And it's also just about negotiating on the expectations as well, guys. Because it's like, uh, you're, you know, oh, I'm not going to get to that town at five o'clock. I'm probably going to get to that town at like nine o'clock. Or like, ah, well, I thought this was going to be easy. And "Mm, it's not very easy. It's like moving those expectations around. Yeah, is, is this, yeah, you've got to be a champion negotiator in this things in your head and with your body and with the <laughs> surroundings. It'll be a great time. I feel like All I want going, to, like...
2: Going on between your ears.
1: Exactly. I feel like I really want to get into the hot goss, though, on it. Like, <laughs> like what are the bits that you guys are worried about? What do you think the bits of the root or of the, of the trying to find food or stay places, which bits are, like, really standing out to you? Is, Things you think you're going to be pretty hard.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not a camel. I'm not a camel. camel. I need a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So immediate thing for me is the two. There's two quite big stretches Mm -hmm. where there is not a lot of water. I think uh, that's just, it's, It's not a major concern, but it's something that for me is like on my resupply sheet. I have starred that. I've highlighted it. Like, Mm. Mel, you need to make sure you have a shit ton of water as much as you can possibly carry. And if I don't actually need all of it, Mm -hmm. great. Mm. Hooray. That's awesome. But I, that's something that like not having water is a horrible, horrible, horrible feeling.
1: What kind Um, of capacity are you trying to shoot for?
2: Yeah, good question. Mm.
0: I've got a Solomon vest on my back Mm -hmm. that can carry a one and a half liter bladder plus two 500 milliliter flasks. Mm -hmm. So I've got 2.5 liters on my body. Mm -hmm. I'll have two one liter bottles on my bike. So I'm up to Mm 4.5 liters and then I can fill, I have two more one liter collapsible bottles plus the space on my handlebar bag and my saddlebag so i have space to carry well over 6 liters i mm. know i'm going to have like that will be okay that's the top end yeah. of what they recommend in the manual mm. that's really friggin heavy i don't mm. really want to carry that much water but mm. if i was stressed i would do it because i ran out of water in august in this race i did in the rockies and it was 39 degrees celsius mm. and it was it was terrifying it was terrifying because I was so tired and like, I could feel my body just like, like you, I'm sure both of you have experienced that feeling when you're, you're really dehydrated, you're overheating and you're Mm -hmm. just like, I, when you get too hot, you start yawning a lot, like Mm -hmm. yawning, like crazy. You get a little cold. And I just like, everything that I thought where I could get water, I was like, Oh my God, I can't. So when I finally found a Creek, I laid down in it for like 10 (laughs) minutes and like rolled around and like, was like lapping up the water. Um, So yeah, water. I mean, yep. I'm being a little bit like a little bit overkill about it, mm-hmm. but that's just something for me. I know that I have to prioritize.
1: I also think honestly, in terms of like a gear perspective, I wouldn't even bother bringing a filter because guys, you're not finding water. Like
2: not bringing a filter. Yeah. I wouldn't bring mm-hmm. bother
1: bringing anything to like, yeah, f- filtrate water. Cause it's just no, there's no water to find it. The mm-hmm. only water, water you're going to find, is going to be in bottles uh, when you can find it, you know? Uh, what
0: about Omar's waterfall? Can you drink out of his waterfall? I
1: wouldn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes it's kind of a magical part on the route and I remember this when I did it last year that the, um, uh, Adrian uh, Leith texted me and was like remember to drink a tea with Omar and I was like I don't know what you're talking about and uh, at some um. point on the route you sort of cut up a little field maybe I won't spoil it for you but there's a point where you have the opportunity to have tea with a man called Omar and a very pretty place. I saw um, that in
2: the race notes.
1: And you'd be a fool to pass it up. You'd be a fool to pass it up. It is mm. five goddamn minutes of your time. And it's one of, and, and it's what makes a race like uh, Atlas Mountain Race unique that, that you're sort of hilariously brought in a very inconvenient way around to go straight past Omar's place uh so you <laughs> take the advantage you know like- there's
0: no way cynthia's stopping hey. there's no way hey i might stop well- <laughs> i had
1: a great time with omar
0: okay actually if you have a healthy if you have like a healthy buffer why the heck not mm-hmm.
1: yeah we'll see
0: actually happens. without hijacking the conversation this mm-hmm. is something i don't think i've ever asked you cynthia how do you because I know that you also value like experiences mm-hmm. on the race, but you're also like you're very performance oriented. Mm-hmm. How do you balance the desire for a result and having an experience or interactions along the way? Or do you just fully go in on performance and you sacrifice the experiences?
2: <laughs> I love the experiences. And if I have enough buffer, I will take the opportunity uh, at the beginning of the race. I will most likely not. I will not take the extra to go off route to get resupply. I'll carry more. So I don't have to do that. Um, for example, you know, I, I'm definitely wanting to get to the finish line first. If there's a buffer and I, I can stop for five, 10 minutes with Omar, then I probably would. Um, when I was in Chile, I was able to stop at one of the local places there and have like basically like a a pancake type thing that they made right in front of me on the fire. And it was just like such a wonderful experience. And, you know, maybe that took me an extra 20 or 25 minutes, but it was, it was really worth it. Um, So yeah, I would rather, and then, you know, afterwards or before those are the opportunities where I really try and soak in the experiences with people there instead of um, instead of during the race. It's tough though. I really sometimes I'm like, dang, I could really just sit here and enjoy this meal, but I can't. I have to keep going.
0: Yeah, so. totally. And that's just like, I'm so happy we get to ride before the race. Uh-huh. Um, yes, very excited. Uh, we'll be going out for a ride with Niels, the photographer, and I think Lena. Ulrich is coming with us. Yes,
2: Niels and Ulrich is going to be. So I, fun. I said this
0: to Niels. I was like who the fuck am I going for a ride that's so great though (laughs) like
1: power power man Cynthia Fraser and Ulrich yeah
0: it's gonna be fun I'm really excited this is like a little yeah a little pinch me moment when like Niels was like yeah Albion wants to take photos of you and I was like what Mm. I couldn't I was like wait Mm -hmm. that's that was really cool to be like, you, we, we want photos of you as a brand. And I know that like, that's something you two have both experienced, but I've never experienced that before. So I'm like, Oh, that, that was cool. And like, made me feel
2: well, ultra cycling is more than just the people at the front. I mean, like we mm-hmm. continue to, it's like, that's, uh, yeah. The people winning the races, but anybody who finishes or anybody who gets through most of it and doesn't finish, yeah. like you're it's still you're out there doing an ultra, you mm-hmm. know, like everyone is important. That's what I always say. Everyone mm-hmm. matters. Everyone's important.
1: I just and don't think it's like interesting it's just hard not uh, to have that when you talk feeling. about, when you talk about this difference between like, is it about the experience or the performance? Cause it is true that like performance is also its own experience, you know, <laughs> like uh, <Exactly>. the, <laughs> the yeah. experience that the people have who are really, really, really pushing the dial, like all the way out. Like that's its own very poignant life experience, you know, and, and it does mm-hmm. maybe negate some of the more, some of the other ones. Um, but, uh, but it's its own one. So I think it's really cool. If you want to just get your head down and just burn, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and see how that experience plays out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your big I worries, really Cynthia? We didn't even the experience After touch on this
2: a race. Oh, I'll yeah, get to that one worries? second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was just last thing I'll mention is I really love the experience after the race when I'm mm. waiting and other people are finishing and you get to talk. I mean, everyone gets mm. to do that that comes to the finish line. But, you know, those extra couple of days, maybe if I'm dialing it. To ten the whole race, then mm-hmm. I have a couple more days of just like sitting around in a beach town, hanging out with yeah. you know the finishers. My mom, your mom, <laughs> yes, hanging out with my mom. Mom, yeah. oh,
0: I really hope we have time. Uh, like I really want to finish the day before the party, mm-hmm. so that. Cynthia, can we can lay in a hotel room together and, and record a very record cracked a- and and have Sue there <laughs> and record a very cracked, like post AMR, raw, candid, because- Wait for
2: it, everybody. <laughs> your, like everyone
0: knows this, who is, Alan, you know this, Cynthia, you know this, your feelings immediately after you finish are completely different than once everything's crystallized yeah. and you're back home yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like- Oh yeah, that was incredible. It it wasn't that hard when you are like, when you're like Mm. done you're like, oh, like
2: I'm dead. dead. Yeah, Yeah. that that was fun after we did the Badlands edition of uh, uh the the podcast and I was basically I went back and listened to like half of it and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, were like clo- you were in a closet. You were in a Cynthia was like <gasps> in a
0: pantry closet and you were like
2: <laughs> you have <laughs> the yes. the post
0: race ultra brain where you're just like on a hamster wheel and you're like that listen like lo- <laughs> 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 oh.
1: That's gonna be a great episode. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And it is true Alice is hard guys. It's it's hard. It's very beautiful. But it's challenging terrain. And then, Cynthia, what's your big worry? Or, like, things that are standing out to you is, like, oof, these are things to be considered.
2: I think the resupply is my biggest Mm -hmm. worry. I mean, I can ride my bike forever. I can ride my bike on any terrain. I can hike Mm -hmm. for a really long time. Do I like hiking? Not really. Mm -hmm. But will I do it? Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that resupply is going to be challenging. I... I'm a vegetarian, so, you know, I know that they don't have a lot of, you know, things, but, like, I'll probably be eating a lot of tagine and bread. Omelette. Um, You know, I don't eat, I don't like eggs. I um. was a vegan, <coughs> and then when I started ultra racing, I was like, Pfft. This is a joke. So um, now I don't... Is eat, this negotiable, really this egg
1: preference, okay, Cynthia, but, but Is it negotiable?
2: I am yeah. starting. I, am yes. starting <laughs> I will start to eat eggs again. Um, I had some last night for the first time, and it made me feel so freaking full. Holy moly. So um, I'm going to start eating oh, omelets that. between now and when I leave. So I can, <laughs> like, is,
1: I, why did we to not get onto this in preparation, Cynthia? Part of your preparation is you're <laughs> doing omelet <laughs> training, the omelet <laughs> training. That's great. That's last great. year, I was
2: like, you know what? I'm going to carry omelets in my pocket while riding. You know, just feels like oh. a...
1: <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs>
2: I won't. I don't no. think so. But and I am going to start about,
1: eating omelets. <laughs> but then thinking about resupply, like, so you you guys are thinking about, imagining what you're thinking about. You're thinking about, like, the stretch of, like, 100K that's after, like, Emacine. Imercy, and then what's the other one you're thinking about? Yeah, there's, like, Emacine like, to Afra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's
2: two of them mm-hmm.
1: where's the other one i don't,
2: I don't know. think i'm nervous about how like i'll get enough food i guess it's just yeah. like when i get there like what am i pick you know like i'm like doing recon when we're when we're actually in morocco when we get there i'm gonna go to like a bunch of different and when we're doing our ride kind of outside of marrakesh yeah, I to look go at into, what they like, actually have. Yeah, so I can kind of like buy a bunch of things and open them all and try and see if I'm like, okay, when I see that, I know I want that. Um, yeah. So I know what it is because I'm like, I have no idea what any of these things are. And like in, in, in yeah. Europe and South America, I have experienced that. There was a lot of like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to buy it yeah. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Mel, so you just will kind of have like, a
1: benefit from speaking French. Like it's very helpful if you can speak
2: yes, French.
0: Yes, yes.
1: It's very helpful. Um I can't, I can't Yeah, I mean and for yeah. me
0: for food fu- <laughs> mm. Um one of the one of the hot pieces of advice I got from someone who's raced Atlas before is that there's like chocolate bars and biscuits and stuff along the route but you're probably not going to find candy like gummies those are much mm. further and f- far between maybe mm. maybe your experience was different alan but mm. um this fellow suggested carrying like more of that stuff like Haribo whatever cuz you'll find it in marrakesh for sure. yeah. yeah. But you may not find candy along the route, like you find chocolate bars and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'll probably start with like a lot of bags of candy. One of the things I also like to do is I'm a big believer in having like a quote meal to start every day after I've slept. So I'll Mm -hmm. bring a bag of quick oats with like protein powder and nuts Mm -hmm. and stuff in it. I'll put it in um, a stasher bag when I go to sleep for three or four hours and cold soak it so that when I wake up, and I'm rolling up my sleeping stuff, I can just eat that really quickly. So I have guaranteed mm. like something, something to in your eat stomach. when I get on yeah. the bike. Yeah. Cause I just, I, I can't, I can't just get up and go without it's, mm. it's physical and mental for me. That sets me up for success for the day mm-hmm. to be like, okay, you've, you've eaten you're on the bike Yeah, yeah. instead of being like, I'm on the bike. I got to figure out what to eat now. Mm. So my vibe is I like, I like a stove to have- cause it's,
1: Mm, yeah, no myself. Yeah, it's probably okay. I'm not bringing stuff,
0: I bread bring and stuff,
1: stove. bread and stuff, like uh, a lot of canned, uh, a lot of canned fish, uh, which obviously is not going to work if you're a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I'll probably
2: eat a lot of sardines.
1: Yeah, it will be um, eat I mean, some tuna.
2: You got to get on
0: tuna training, Cynthia.
2: I do actually eat fish occasionally because my 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 parents eat a lot of fish, and when I'm at their mm-hmm. house, I'm like, okay, I'll have some fish. But um, so I'm I'm okay with that, and that'll be good. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, gotta get eggs back in
1: yeah my technique on like the morning thing because i feel you on the morning thing but it tends to be that i'll try and have food which is face smashable uh that i put next to my face when i go to sleep and then when the alarm clock goes off (laughs) i can just turn over and smash it directly into my face and that's all i need so it can also just be candy i guess it's just not very good i'm thinking about the resupply thing because now i'm thinking about it you're you you are kind of right um for, I think it makes sense to carry a lot of stuff at the beginning that you like and that's going to serve you well and take you a distance. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you you can't carry 60s mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever; so you'll so out run out. Can't yeah. Carry yeah. it all. Um, coming into the first stretch after Emma's scene, I just happened to get there on the first day and it was at like 6 p.m. So this section of 100 kilometers, I was able to do like half of it and then go to sleep. And then wake oh, up in the nice. morning and do the other half. So this hundred kilometers didn't mm. really didn't really feel like a big deal.
2: It wasn't um, significant, yeah.
1: No, after after checkpoint two, um, there is a section. There's quite a long section with uh, allegedly no resupply, but uh, I mean, there because <laughs> it's like hot goss, Is there is actually a few places that do have resupply, and and the, along the way, one is like kind of a little tiny bit off route, but not really. Um, One is very strange, uh, uh, which I won't tell you the exact location of in case it's like uh, too secret, but I did a bike tour through the same village like many years ago and we stopped in a man's house and uh, he opened up uh, a window and then it was a shop that was like the shop just for the village and he sold us a very limited amount of goods because it was the food for the village. So he was like, "No, you can't have 3 of those. You can only have one, you know, cuz it's everyone's food." And I was cycling past it in the wow. race and was like and it was all shut up and it was not listed as a resupply. I thought like, "I've been to this man's house." So I just went over to the house and was like, "Wow. Is this still a, is this still a shop?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's a shop." And it was like, "Shop." <laughs> so, there's a few Place like in most villages, there's a little shop in someone's house. That's amazing.
0: uh,
1: Is a thing. And then the last one is, which is pretty real, is there's a section right at the end which they call the Moroccan Stelvio. They call it the Moroccan Stelvio because it's got loads of switchbacks and it's on. Oh, the switchbacks. Oh, the switchbacks. Um, And you leave the valley from Agadir, like in the area of Agadir, to start the climb. And Once you get past that last resupply it's pretty far with nothing um i think i think i marked it out here yeah it's like yeah over 100k there's but in the middle before you get to moroccan stelvio there's like a bunch of little huts where you can get you know your omelettes and your blah. it happened for me that i was too late in the day and i slept like and then before the huts and then when i went past it like two o'clock in the morning None of them were open, so by the time I got to the coastline, uh, it was pretty late in the day, and I was very much out of food. And that was the point. That was the point for me where I ran out of food, and and was like, "Oof, was still quite far to go to get to this place." Um, so timing's everything on this, guys. Like, timing's I have a problem
2: everything. with like, yeah, I have a problem where I I don't want to ever inconvenience anybody. I yeah. I have like. Been in a place where I've like seen somebody. I'm like, I really need water right now, but I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go and ask them. And I need to get mm-hmm. over that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that like you're not supposed to be seeking out people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I. It's but if not- somebody's
0: got a hose or they've got a tap or mm-hmm. you, or you know you you mm-hmm. if if there's someone there, you know, like I think it's fine. It's more like if you're going and knocking on someone's door and you're like, Hey, I would never do that.
2: <laughs> But I, I what I also have a hard time at is like asking a random person if they can tell me where I I can find food. Um, um that is hard for me. I don't know why, but um, every ultra I've <laughs> I've been at a place where I've been like I really want to ask that person where I can find food. I oh did
0: you just you just got to do Lances it this
2: last year. I did like a random these people in the middle of the night were like doing something and like they they were like setting up a hair salon. And I really needed mm-hmm. water. And I mm. went in into the hair salon and like, they filled up my water in the place where you wash people's hair. Because <laughs> <Honestly, laughs> they didn't like have the like any other taps. Like, <laughs> yes, they didn't have anything, but they were like, you can drink this. This is fine. Well, mm. we didn't, th- they didn't speak English and I didn't speak water. I mean, water, I didn't speak. Didn't English, speak water. But, <laughs> but we spoke water. We, I, they understood the water. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, helped yeah. Me. I like drank one yeah. and they filled it up and they drank it again. And then they filled up. <laughs> nice. it was i don't know like two in the morning or something and they were like working on the hair salon it was like a oh young girl wow. yeah I, forgot. Awesome. I completely forgot about that experience until just now that was really wonderful though they were we like we didn't
0: it. get that in the badlands recap episode you're oh, yeah. too cracked, <laughs> I, <was> too <laughs> cracked. Well, I probably, probably forgot about it, it until
2: about just now mm. <laughs> yeah
0: it is it is difficult to ask people like I do remember in Kyrgyzstan because I mean, the one thing I think that is probably similar about Morocco and Kyrgyzstan is that yes, there are businesses marked on, on the map, but there's also a lot of resupply that is like in someone's home. Yep. So you do need to, you do need to actually interact with people. And like Mm. also guest houses in Kyrgyzstan were not marked. So like you'd get into a town Mm. and you'd see a person and you'd be like guest house house? and Mm. more often than not, yeah someone would lead you to the, to a home that looks like you know someone's home and they they give mm. you a bed and whatever so that that is something in Morocco to like be aware of is there you know i mean I haven't been there, but I do know this about these places that like people are just operating out of their house, mm-hmm. they pull up a little mm-hmm. thing and stuff there coming out the, the windows
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works <laughs> in <their living> room. <laughs> yeah yeah I think mm. uh overall. Uh plan your yeah make sure you're carrying food make sure you're carrying water but uh but uh, but it's it's a solid route and it's extremely beautiful um i think you're gonna have a great time is there any big gear highlights for you are we talking about the gear stuff you got geary gear how's your gear what are you thinking about gear you worried about your gear you got everything you need
2: <laughs> this is the first time i'll be carrying a sleeping <laughs> bag actually uh, ah, yeah <laughs> I've well never... good. i've raced a ton but i've l- never carried a sleeping bag i carried an Im- emergency bivvy at memory bike this last year and right. i'm glad i had it because it rained and i literally was like laying in a puddle so i'm gonna carry the emergency bivvy again
1: mm-hmm. with
2: my sleeping pad sleeping bag that goes down to 28 degrees fahrenheit which i guess i don't know it's like negative Two, one, yes. one like this. yeah two. and i'll carry uh a pillow because for me being able to sleep really is dependent on having a pillow people are like oh just put your bike helmet on and i'm like okay no, I, it, I will wear a bike helmet for a short nap. But if I'm actually going to sleep, then I want to put my head on a pillow, pillow. Take that,
0: Megan Hacken and Cynthia Carson uses a pillow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that with
0: love.
2: I don't know where I'm going to put it, but uh, God, it's, they're so they're so small. They're they're so small. They take up. I've never space. carried a pillow. I don't know, but my I don't clothes are pillows. You have, so much, you have so much space on your bike. I'm thinking to myself, like God, I'm going to run out of space right now for mm. all of the stuff that I need to carry. I'm having a hard Mm. time. I have arrow bars on my bike. Gear highlight. I never have raced with arrow bars.
1: Cool. I
2: hate arrow
0: bars. I don't hate them. I ride
2: a 36 (laughs) centimeter handlebar, and it is so hard to put arrow bars on that. And then you, Mm. it just everything is so cluttered, and Mm. it's and I've yeah. Welcome to
0: my world, Cynthia. Welcome to mm. the world
1: of of small people. It's tight. It's tight. (sighs)
2: i yeah. i'm excited to have the aero bars i've been in florida riding and it's been flat af and so i've been utilizing the aero bars a lot actually i need to adjust mm. them a little bit they're a little mm. too long um but they're friends i gotta ask them if i can cut them but basically mm. uh i've been spending a lot of time in them and i feel good mostly and i think mm. they'll be good for atlas is like now i have three hand positions because they have the sq labs the aero bars and then the, you know, being on the regular, um, and I find myself using the SQ Labs the most mm. because it's like being on my road bike. Uh, but when it gets techie, then, you know, in the actual, um, the regular mountain bike handlebars, mm. but even, you know, even with the aero bars, I don't really have enough room with my dynamo light to put a a bag underneath. I'm like... My, oh, so, because
0: you're are you're not using risers or anything are you right no, they're straight on your okay yeah so that, even, that is a challenge
2: mm. it's not even that it's just that the the light mm. and the distance of my aero bars i can't fit anything between the back of the dynamo light and the and the front the head tube of the bike like mm. it's such a oh. small mm. amount so what i'm going to try and do is um get a couple like extender type things for the dynamo and then hopefully i yeah. can put because I really need to be able to put a bag under my aero bars um, yeah. so I can put some, like, cold gear that I wouldn't use very often but can easily access. And I'm going to put it in that bag, and then I feel like I'll have more space. But, yeah, I feel like I am I have so much stuff. I, d- I don't know how I'm going to carry it all. And we, and we haven't touched on this, but
1: for both of you, like, are you running frame bag, handlebar bag, frame bag, seat bag, or all three, or what's the breakdown?
2: yeah um, yeah you go first no.
0: oh i was gonna say so i'm doing a nine liter Apidura saddle bag that is the most i can possibly run or else my bag hits my freaking tire because of mm. my short ass seat post and big tires <laughs> um
1: i've
0: got noveja negra full frame bag mm. i forget how many liters it is mm. uh and then Uh, the Apidura like front roll I really was resistant to running a full handlebar bag Mm. I really didn't want to Mm. but I think I think I'm gonna need to unfortunately Mm -hmm. which you know what it's not that big of a deal I'm just like I really wanted to not run it and Mm. I think better to have the space and then I'll have my Mm -hmm. vest on my back
2: yeah I'm not using a vest. So for me, I have even less space. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess I'll try and use this little TT bag from, uh, Aerobar bag from Apidura on the front. I think it's two liters or one and a half. So it's mm-hmm. pretty, two and a half. It's pretty small. It's literally just going to be my down jacket, my down pants, and then my rain jacket, which it doubles as like my outer layer jacket. Um, and so that and then I'll have I've previously run a full frame bag when racing on my mountain bike but I really wanted to have a bottle and the last time I raced I used a feed bag that I put the bottle in but I want to use the feed bag for just food so I will use a two and a half liter frame bag that will allow me to use a regular bottle in the cage and it's going to be a whole like a big one I have one on order um and then the saddle bag it all depends I have two different sizes and it just depends on how everything fits in when I get back at uh and I'm out of Florida and back to like home kind of feeling out I'm gonna set it all up with everything and just like test it I might actually yeah, that's try and my sleep outside project
0: this weekend is put it all into bags and and see I was laying on the living room floor with my mat and my quilt inside my e last weekend mm-hmm. just like cocooned up and then was shoving them in the handlebar bag. I really want I really want a tail fin, but they are so expensive. Mm. So that is very low on my like purchase list cuz I have bags that work well, mm-hmm. but I do think like as someone with a small bike that would open up a lot of space in the back for me because the space between the saddle and the tire yeah. is so limited mm-hmm. on the smallest bike. So I'm like a tail fin would be amazing, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't someone offered to lend me one. And I was like, yeah, I want to test it before I go. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to take you up on that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but maybe. i so
2: worried if it broke. Oh my God. You would so be
0: like- I, I saw this, I think they, I think they're amazing pieces of gear. Mm -hmm. I've heard wonderful things. The thing that kind of stressed me out was on the way to the start line of Silk Road, a guy's tail fin literally exploded in front of me, like fell (laughs) apart on the way to the start line at 1130 PM. And I was like, that was really stressful, but we see people racing with them. You know, they sponsor events. Mm. They're really good pieces of gear. It's just, it's something I would want to test and it is something that I think as like a person with a really small bike, it would help me loads. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I like to test things. I don't really want to like go and nothing new on race day, mm-hmm. except for like, if you need food that you've never eaten, well, just fucking eat it because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. food. Have, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a tangent, but have either of you seen the movie Ratatouille? Yeah, I love Ratatouille. Oh my
2: gosh. I've never
1: seen it because I'm terrible mm-hmm. at movies, but I know the reference.
0: Do you know the exact one I'm talking about? Because no. um, these rats, the rats are scavenging. They eat garbage, right? And the one the one rat is like, really, he's a culinary savant, whatever. Piece, yes. And they're digging through the garbage. And he's like, dad, I'm not going to eat that. And he's like, son, food is fuel. Shut up and eat your garbage. And that
1: is all <laughs> I think about. <laughs> so real. That is sorry. all sorry. I can think
0: about on an ultra is like, <laughs> shut up and eat your garbage because like, whatever you can get just eat
2: it (laughs) eat it yeah oh that's gonna be a thing whatever you can get just eat it
1: yeah for real yeah and that's okay (laughs) are you and you're and in terms of your are you thinking about trying to stay in hotels if you can uh, sleep outside are you planning on sleeping outside for most of it or hoping to play around with that
2: that's another thing I'm kind of nervous about because the checkpoints
1: are all would... great places to stay. Every checkpoint, obviously, the first one is quite yeah. quick.
2: But the first checkpoint is
0: really early. It's early. It's, early. it's it like 126k early. or something. Yeah, like I'm that. like
2: it's going to be morning for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the second, I would definitely. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to take a shower at least once, mm-hmm. maybe two, two times, um, and like this time, I have to remember to carry soap. Because I have Mm -hmm. to wash my bibs and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a guarantee that there's soap places. So, um, just like soap
0: is on, that's on my list.
2: Yeah. Like a
0: little thing of the Dr. Bronner's. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That shit's the best. Um, I actually remember seeing a video of like Chaz and Alvin last year, like washing their bibs in like a well or something like that. And (coughs) they're like, we're not nasty. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) we're washing.
2: I mean, it's better than nothing. (laughs) Yeah, Totally. We're
1: washing. Yeah, but I feel like uh, you're going to have to see how it goes along the way. If, if I was to share like what retrospectively was one of my bigger worries of uh, Morocco that I would think about, it's just that the nights are very long. Most of us are used to doing yeah. um, bigger events in the summer months. So we're used to there being more hours of light than hours of dark, but it's actually the other way around in Morocco this time of year where there's more hours of dark than there is of light. Um, so it makes, if you're, you, all, everyone in the race will have to do quite a big portion of riding in the dark. It's part of it because you just don't have the hours of sunlight to only ride in the sunlight hours. Um, and how you choose to navigate that is is uh, a process. Because, I, I mean, I, I certainly didn't have, at the time, very much experience in writing so much at night because I tended to be the person that would ride for, like, two hours after sunset and then pitch my tent and then maybe get up an hour or two before sunrise and it's summer, right? Uh, whereas this one, you, it's many hours of writing at night and I think it's a big consideration for everyone because uh it's a whole trip you know i think also like i i,
2: I don't mind riding time. at night
1: yeah lighting systems what we are your lighting systems <laughs> this is so relevant to the gear choices what are your lighting oh systems?
2: yeah lighting
0: systems that is true we use the same headlight the phoenix um r 60- yep mm. um so we'll run that on our heads i'm gonna bring i think two like the battery that's in it and then Mm -hmm. one or two extra ones for it so that i can't i need to look at my battery situation and then i think you also have a sin wave or sine wave i can never say it right yeah Yeah. okay so we have the same are you gonna run any other lights so the the phoenix in your head
2: the phoenix and then the dynamo and i'm getting a one of the things about the setup is with the cable to my sine wave is too short. And so that's another reason why I'm having a problem with the arrow bar pack and mm. I'm going to get it lengthened. And I'm also going to get a taillight put on, nice. which is cool. Um, I have never had a
1: taillight dynamo that's taillight.
2: connected to my dynamo.
1: Cool. Yeah. Mm. So
2: that way I just don't have, it's like one less thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah. I'll still carry an extra, like a blinky mm. taillight um, because you, you never know something could happen to the dynamo situation. And mm-hmm. having two, having a backup of both, I think is super important. I think it might be required, maybe.
1: It is. Um, yeah.
0: You, well, you definitely need a light. It's required to have all the lights for sure. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't I think you need it, to have a backup. You don't need
2: to have. A, I always carry a backup though, cause you never know. I'm also going to carry. I mean, it's
0: good to have two of everything.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry a, a backup Wahoo that's set up with the route and everything as well. So that, um, I, you know, it, cause I think maybe. I was watching, is it Tristan takes, it's Tristan takes video who Mm -hmm. did that amazing self-documented video where he taught, I think his computer stopped working Mm. and he was having to use his phone or Mm -hmm. something. Um, Yeah. That sounds pretty awful. So I I definitely will carry a a spare computer, just a small bolt, but yeah. I
0: wish I had a spare. I'm debating taking one of Jake's Wahoos, but I'm a Garmin user, so I'm kind of like I don't know how to use Wahoo, so even if I had the backup, what, what it wouldn't I be do. as pleasing. I mean, to the your nav eyes, on your phone you know. is pretty good. I
1: your yeah, i used to the say, maps and Wahoo um, would look for my bet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I made like a little bridge for my arrow. Well, actually, Jake made the bridge for my arrow bars. I cool. just took the credit for it. Uh, <laughs> he cut, he drilled a hole in the noon ta- in a noon tube, and then zip tied it to the bars, and it's perfect. It fits right between, and so then I have a. Peak design mount that goes on it. And then I have my phone on my bars because I don't like, you know, pulling my phone in and out of pockets. So Mm -hmm. going into a town, I like to just be able to like open up my phone, Mm -hmm. do it while I'm riding without Mm -hmm. like holding onto it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks a little bit ridiculous because I have a massive phone. (laughs) Um,
1: Tech, very tick. Tech.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like command central, but I will say it's also fun for like me, me being the storyteller. I'm like, I love just like flicking open the selfie camera and then I'll just do like a rambling story while I'm riding because it can like pick it up right from the bars. Um,
2: so I love that. I have a lot of friends that on these longer endurance stuff, they use their phone on their bars. I've never put my phone on my bars. Maybe I should try it sometime. It could it's, be handy. It's really
0: handy for like figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't – when I'm focused
0: though, I like to put my phone away because mm-hmm. I find it too – it's because it's right there, I find it distracting. Mm. So sometimes I'll open it like, you know, we're all addicted to our phones. I'll open it and I'll start looking at the tracker and then I'm like, wait, what the hell are you doing? You don't need to be looking at this. Like mm-hmm. put it away, focus on the riding. So I don't always like to have it that mm. accessible but – Sometimes when I'm like, you know, doing stuff.
2: Oh, you know what I should do? I know what I'm going to do. Instead (laughs) of having to like get a phone case and a, you know, a extra mount, you know, I actually do this with my inReach. I use an inReach for tracking and I, or whatever the tracker is that the the race gives me. And I buy a, I I've bought like a five pack of these quarter turn mount stickies that are 3M and you just stick it to the back of whatever it is. And so I have two I mounts on my, your phone? on my bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you literally, it, you're putting a, you're turning it into a Wahoo essentially because it's the same ah, direction. And so okay. uh, basically if I'm not using, if it says, you know, so. Wait,
0: send me a link. I need these for my reach. It's so Ooh. cool. So you
2: basically, I have a, um, I have a mount that's on my arrow bars for my computer, but I also, because cables and stuff and charging and from the, the, the feed bag or not the feed bag, but the top tube bag. They also have another mount, quarter turn mount that I have that's right on top of my steer tube um, at the head where, you know, where the steer tube comes up and mounts to your stem. So I yeah. have two quarter turn mounts and I leave the in reach on one of them and the computer on one of them. And I occasionally will change the direction of them so that yeah. I can charge one or the other. And uh, I could just put my put the same thing on my phone. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. I'm in a town, I just put it on there and then bam.
1: Yeah. Wow. Gear. I gotta add that to my to do list. (laughs) Big brain. (laughs) Love it. Isn't it so (laughs) funny?
0: These little like these little hacks that you get so fired up about so and you're exciting. like, I am a mad genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your brain the explodes. Is, you can't even compute the awesomeness.
1: <laughs> the thing I think is so fun about it is just that we all know that we can't actually plan that much of this experience because you have to just figure it out <laughs> as we go. There's like minutiae yeah. detail that we can focus on and that's all we got. So what we're doing is we're focusing mm-hmm. on the minutiae. It's very really satisfying in its own way, but maybe it'll only have mm-hmm. a few months to the end. But it's nice. You know? So I'm excited with figuring it yeah, is. it is super it nice. <laughs> so I guess next, like, uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of different topics around, around Atlas, and that's really great. Um, but I feel like uh, it's worth noting that, like, as much as the physical and the gear and all of, all of this, we've talked before about how it's super mental. Um, so I'm wondering... Mm-hmm. Um if you feel like you are expecting certain struggle, things are going to be very tough for you to overcome mentally in in regards to the roots or the climate or whatever, and how you feel like you want to try and deal with that, or your strategies are to deal with it.
2: You know, when I did memory bike, the elevation gain was basically the same
1: mm-hmm. and
2: way less distance. So mm. I like to think about it in terms of previous races I've done where mm. I've been you know doing the same thing basically and I felt okay Mm. so envisioning or remembering past experiences where I was succeeding is really helpful for me also Mm, I'm so competitive that I the the mental side of it is like I want to get to that finish line and I want to get there as fast as possible so Mm. a, a lot of times that's the, the governing body or the governing idea hunger, in my head.
1: Hunger. <laughs> You're hungry for it. When
2: I, I'm hungry. Yeah. When I'm having a hard time, uh, it, it happens. I don't get like I don't get to a point a lot of times where I say, "Why the hell am I doing this?" Mm-hmm. It's very rare because yeah. I'm really enjoying a lot of it. But when I get there, I really try to uh, reframe it and not and not think of it as a negative, but just think of it as like, this is hard but I need Mm. to continue and it'll get easier. This too shall pass kind of thing. Mm. Um, Yeah.
1: Wipe the slate. For me,
2: it's all, (laughs) it's all about taking it in chunks and trying to take it in a way where you're like, well, this is hard, but it's not that bad. I've Mm. been through worse.
0: Mm -hmm. I never think about it as like an entire race. Mm. Sometimes those, those thoughts do come in, but when you think about it as 1,300 kilometers with 21,000 <laughs> or whatever, when yeah. you, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, you're at only at 300 K and you're like, well, fuck, I've got a thousand K to go. That, that destroys me mentally. So I always like to break it up into like daily chunks or the you next know, time, like thinking about it, mm-hmm. thinking about it as many races within the race, you know, like I got to get to checkpoint one and then checkpoint two and checkpoint three and then to the finish and, and giving myself like, mental rewards like i'll i'll wear the same bibs for like two or three days and then on day three it's like haha new bib time like superpower mm. unlocked and you're like super <laughs> jazzed about you know new bibs or i like to have fresh socks every day so i'll bring more i mean for this because i i like a marine cold weather sleeping gear mm. i don't have as many socks as i normally would bring i think i'm gonna Bomber. bring three or four pairs mm. but um yeah, socks, goldfish.
1: I, don't know. I love, Go- it, like, Mel's n- mental, mental game is, so- is socks. <laughs> but it's socks. great because it's, like, it's, like, small, small, like, short goals and little rewards. Little goals, little rewards. And, it, like, todo suma, like you say in Spanish. Like, every everything accumulates.
0: Yeah. I also just, like, I do think when things are hard, stopping like forgetting like just taking a moment to breathe and then looking at the landscape and being like holy Mm, mm, mm. shit look at where I am look at what I'm doing Mm. I could be sitting at my desk instead I am in the middle of the desert with under the stars and what a flipping privilege this is Mm. and it does really help recenter and also like finding I'm like a big woo-woo gratitude person finding like gratitude in the little things like oh my god I had the best coke today i had the best fries today those (laughs) sardines hit the spot that man was so nice like thinking about little (laughs) things like that makes you feel so much like stoke and happiness about the experience so whenever whenever things are getting hard i'm like honestly i like taking pictures when i'm having a bad time because that often helps like you know you You wind the film make you you really look yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I remember when I did uh, I did Bright Midnight last year in Norway, and in the racer briefing, Justines, who will also be at Atlas Mountain Race, uh, he said during his briefing, like because we were scheduled for very bad weather for most of the race, it was just going to kind of piss rain and be freezing cold, and miserable, and he said to us, um, "When things get really hard, just remember to look up because it's really nice here, you know." And that was really nice. And here we are, like, you know, seven months later, I still remember that as a line because it is important um, to look up and around. And it's really pretty. I also relate a lot to I think it's cool that you were saying, Cynthia, about approaching the why, uh, like not never trying to approach, like, why am I doing this? I I think that uh, rather than being in this question of like, what on earth am I doing here is it's kind of cool to have a, a why. And, and I always try and come to a race with a strong why. And then we don't question that why, mm. because it's so strong. And I think in my sort of mm. darkest or toughest mental moments in Silk Road Mountain Race last year, the way I would describe it is I never got close to the why, but I started approaching that, is it worth it? question which is a different oh, question but yeah. it's also more of an open-ended question it's very subjective and it changes quite quickly so it's a question you can muse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on a little bit like wow this is quite an effort you know um but the why you don't question i think that's important you're doing it for your mom mel you're doing it for your mom and for you I'm and doing for, it you. for my mom but also
0: <laughs> no i think like one of my big motivations this year is and it's been like i mean the inception of the podcast too is getting more women on start lines more women on bikes and more women into bike packing awesome. i the an event i did in august i was quite literally the only woman and i'm standing on the start line and i'm looking around and it's just a sea of dudes mm. and it was really lonely but it was also it lit a fire in me and i was like i have to no matter what i have to get to the finish because then someone else will see that and they're like okay mm she did it. I can do it. Like I'm nothing special. Oh, yeah. I train hard. I am mentally resilient, but like if I can do it, someone else can. So this year I think there's 20, 20 women between the pair, the solo riders and the pairs mm-hmm. and, you know, getting to the finish line for me will hopefully that will get more people next year. That's oh, yeah. what I really, 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 really want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, like, we're so freaking capable. Also, we'll do an episode on this later in the year, but like the strength of the women's field. When Alan, when we Absolutely. were chatting with Nelson mm. and we're listing off the women, it's like all of these women are known quantities in their own right. Mm. I was like, there's winners of Badlands and Silk Road and mm. Hellenic Mountain Race and people who finished all of it. I'm like, the Such depth of the field. field is crazy. So, yeah, as, as much as it's for myself and like having my mom at the finish line is super motivating, like, I just want to see the women's field grow and grow and grow. And for me, that like, I get goosebumps and I start to get like, I got when we were talking about mental game, I started to tear up a little bit because I just, that's, that's what I want to get out of it is that, that someone else feels capable too. Mm -hmm. it makes me feel really powerful, but I want to be able to like bottle up that feeling and give like half of it or all of it to someone else. God,
1: it's such a noble purpose, such a noble purpose. What do you think is your big, do do you feel like you have a big why? Uh, Cynthia, that you're trying to throw at this, like why, why?
2: Um, I think my why is always finding the limit and going past it. Mm -hmm. I think I always just want. I think I'm a person who wants more in a lot of things in my life. I always just want more, which (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. is not a good thing Mm -hmm. because I then I have too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am always looking for more. Uh and I think with ultra racing I was satisfied, but now I want more. Mm-hmm. And I think this will the why is for doing this is because I want to do longer things and it'll get me there. It'll prepare me twenty more percent than I was before mm. starting and lining up. Also I always think of this I read this. I've listened to this book. I don't, actually I don't really read that much. I listen to a lot of books because I spend so much time riding my bike. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this book called. I think it. There were two books around the same time. One is, um, the Comfort Crisis, and one is mm-hmm. Embrace the Suck. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it came from the Comfort Crisis, where the guy talks about these things called Miyogis, which are an all out type effort that you're like maybe potentially not going to be able to finish, like it's a. Um, an idea where you create a challenge for yourself and you are like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this. Like you have to really be like, I'm not sure. And the guy, like, I don't know. I think he like swam across the English channel one time or something like crazy things. It obviously doesn't have to be related to bikes, but you gain something inside of you when you finish an ultra and anyone who's done or even, yeah. you know, like not necessarily, you don't have to finish. I, I feel like we, we say that like,
0: you get something out of like, Yeah, you you always get something out of it. Mm -hmm. But
2: the feeling you get this chemical boost or whatever the science behind it is, is that it lasts with you like a year Mm -hmm. and doing one a year is really good for your health and your mental state. Obviously, I'm doing them a lot more. And so are both of you. Um, So I don't know if it if it continues to add, but this one will be I, I think maybe they become more numb. To me, you know, they're not as significant. So it's like a drug.
0: For, it's
2: like it a it, drug. Yeah, why do drugs when you can do ultra, like, well,
0: the, the, yeah. it ultra? Yeah. Like your, your, your brain, re. I swear, you're, someone's got to study this, how your brain rewires, mm. Mm. like actually rewires when you do these events because mm-hmm. it, it gives you patience. It gives you perspective. Mm. It also, again, gives you that feeling of like when you were talking about you know, pushing limits, Cynthia, that like, that's one of the things that I love about you. And I find so motivating is like, if you can go that far, Mm. then I can find that type of effort in myself too. Mm. whatever it is, whether it's Mm. a bike race or like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's gotta be like some actual, like scientific changes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it is like a drug, Mm -hmm. the the euphoria you experience Mm -hmm. when you're like, it's cr- it's crazy i
1: think for me and wow, also like the whole... sorry i was gonna say i think Go for ahead, me Alan. like the thing i find very powerful about it is the unknown The like throwing into the unknown element like i was listening to a podcast recently that was talking about this like idea of time spent in patience and in in unknowns and you know like in the old days of yonder year uh, if you had to be patient, it was like a mark of a lack of power over your destiny. You know, like if you were poor and powerless, you couldn't decide when things happened for you, or you couldn't decide where you were going to go. And it was only if you had money and power that you could make those decisions. But in like the modern world. Where we all have like instant results and instant satisfaction, and we must get the outcome straight away, and know where we're going, and have a, a appointment, and it's on our smartphone with reminders every. You know, like we have all of these out, <laughs> constant outcomes for everything. So now I feel like. The ability to just be patient with a situation that you don't know how it's mm. going to work out is very powerful. You feel that mm. power. So powerful. Um, to just not know, but to be patient and just let it play out how it plays out. And I think that's something that sits with me after these races end, is this like power mm. in the patience and the unknown and it being okay never work out. And I hope it works out for you guys. I'm
2: I'm not a patient person. So it's actually really, it's a really good challenge for me in racing to like take a step back when shit hits the fan. It's like a muscle.
1: You got to flex it, you know? (laughs) Flex it, grow it, make it stronger. So I feel like maybe. I
2: don't know. I think
0: it'll.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Sorry, go, Alan. No, no, you, you, you. Go. I was going to say, I feel like in these races, one way or another, things always work out Mm -hmm. and it's just often, it's often not in the way that you expected, Mm -hmm. but things will always resolve themselves in one way or another, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's Mm -hmm. always a, a resolution. And so like, I think you have to be, there's the patience aspect, but then there's the open to possibility that like things will work out, but it may not be in the way that you thought it would. And that is, like you just need to be open to that and like mm. curious about how those those situations can play out instead mm-hmm. of like i think what 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 can set you up for failure is thinking oh well planning for every you know hurdle you might encounter and working out a solution and then when that solution doesn't present itself to you in the event it can be really frustrating mm. so rather like when i'm doing like mental exercise or visualization or whatever i'm thinking like i might encounter xyz and I'm going to get through it. Yeah. I don't really mm. figure out how. See what makes sense Because I don't. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how. And then you don't have the expectation going in of like. Mm-hmm. Oh. It has to be this way. Because it, it never has to be anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I always say in my life. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. figure it out later. Or I'll. I will figure it out. Well I'll figure it out. And it's like. If you're so beholden. Um, it, you, it doesn't give you. Like to. Uh, plan, plan A. Or plan B. Or this or that. Like it doesn't give you the flexibility that you need, especially in these kinds of scenarios. Is like being flexible mm. and, and you figure it out when you come to it and mm-hmm. that's okay. You mm-hmm.
1: know, Oof. it's been like a super nice conversation. I feel like maybe you cool to think about rounding it out. We've covered like yeah. so many good topics around this. Like it's been such a nice chat. Yeah. Um, thinking about, of course we, be flexible and adaptable and we see how it goes but i think it's maybe worth asking Mm -hmm. like if you what your expectation like what you want your what your ideal outcome would be from this you know like it doesn't have to happen but in an ideal scenario like where where do we want to pitch in terms of like timing and, and experience you know
0: You go first, (laughs) Cynthia.
1: Two days! Well, I I, I guess... (laughs) No, no, no.
2: I think my my main goal is to sleep three or four hours. That, like, each within a 24-hour cycle, not more than that, I will try to keep the sleeping down because I think that will help with the racing. So that's a major goal Mm. of mine. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. And... I know for a race I'm doing later this year, I'm going to need to ride like 400k a day. So, Mm. you know, it's a lot of time uh, riding in a day for this race I'm planning in the future. I've already got my shortlist of what race I think this is, but I
1: really won't make you confirm.
2: Are those... Are at four hundred k,
0: Cynthia's three hundred and
2: fifty ro- to four hundred. Are those k road day.
0: miles or off road miles? I can't tell you the of answer.
1: Of course, to course so. road. stop it. We're not yeah. I mean, I already
0: know. I already know the answer. I'm just trying to see what I can get out of you. Okay. So
2: I think if I can just you know plan on the least amount of sleep, hopefully three or four hours, it, it'll get me to the finish line when it gets me to the finish line. Mm-hmm. I would like to win that would Fuck yeah. be a that is a major goal Pretty of cool. mine and i would like to get in the top 10 overall i think it's That's possible cool.
0: mm-hmm.
2: i think it's possible if i say if i don't if i didn't think it was possible i wouldn't say it mm-hmm. um so we'll see i don't know the, the the men attending the race are there's a lot of hitters so
1: wait oui. but you, you would but like you to you, do you have like an idea of what you'd like to hit at at an average per day in kilometers because we don't know. do your silly miles over here.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say t- i was gonna say like hundred and seventy five miles a day. Uh so like but in K. terms of kilometers, I don't know. Like yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something K. like that. Um cool. I think it's, so it's doable. Like a I mean Yeah, I would like to finish between four and a half and five and a half days. That's cool. my
1: good goal. My goal. Hell yeah. I
2: know cool. that's a really cool. wide range of time though, so I don't know.
1: Mm. What about you Melly,
0: man? Mel? Ah, I was just doing the melly Meli. meli mel. I was doing the math on how many k I would like to do a day. Mm. I mean, there's several scenarios dream scenario, two hundred k to two hundred and fifteen k a day to hit around six days. I mm. think that's like if everything goes well, that's really achievable, yeah. but I also know that things don't don't always go as planned. so I mean, for me getting to the end, giving my mom a big hug. Mm -hmm. um that that's a big big thing for me I think I I would like to perform a bit more on this event than like other events I've gone into them and just been like very experience-based I want to see how I can balance those two things like still you know have time to stop take photos because like the documenting and storytelling is really important to me but I want to see if I can kind of like blend the two a bit more on this one Mm. and uh something I've been working on is just my stop time in general and when I say stop time I mean like useless stop time I think like a photo deserves deserves a moment Mm -hmm. but like sitting on the side of the road having a pity party you can do that while you're pedaling your bike you can Mm -hmm. cry while you're pedaling your bike Mm -hmm. so I'm really like that's a big goal is to not to not be stopping stopping to like you know yeah to have a cry it's to you know we keep moving forward to keep moving forward you want to take a photo you want to get some food that's fine mm-hmm. but you're not stopping because things are difficult uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think that's you know six seven six or seven days would be great yeah. but I also am realistic that like I don't know until I get there and it's the dead of winter so who knows yeah. what's
1: Mm-hmm. i think um, these are great goals I say, and I think i'm they're...
0: excited for the night riding yeah cool. i'm excited yeah. for the night riding mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is because i there's no this is this is hilarious there's no grizzly bears <laughs> the thing that freaks yeah, me yeah. out about the part of the world that i live in is the last race i did was I, I really pushed the envelope on nighttime riding, but what stopped me from moving forward, like it wasn't physical or tiredness. Mm. It was mentally, I was like, is there going to be a grizzly bear around that tree? Well, it's the desert. There's no trees. There's mm. just sky and rock. Mm-hmm. There's no There's no apex predator. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm excited about that. into the night. So So that is... That is exciting, and I, you know what, I want to cry like good cry. I want to get the posi vibes, and I want to have some really good cries in the desert, like positive <laughs> cries. Amazing! You
1: know? This is a broad spectrum of goals we got going on here, ladies. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I think. It's good I think was, big
2: and small goals.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's well. Uh, I think the interesting thing about the first 24 hours that it's super relevant is that because you start at 6 p.m you can punch out like a really solid amount of miles in 24 hours because you're pretty much on your bike the whole time and and you have the energy for getting through that first night and then you get the whole day ahead like I I did almost 400 kilometers on the first day and I wasn't trying to like completely kill myself I just had very little stoppage time whoa and then it's you know like we we're talking about negotiation earlier Um, you see how the pendulum swings back and forth you know of having a uh, having a bit more stop having a bit less stop depending on how you feel but i'm very excited for you both um because it's a very Thank cool you. race in so many ways and i'm really looking forward to seeing how you both get on and how of course i'm going to be there doing the podcast i'm going to try my best to yeah find you uh, although I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'm just going to be in some media car running out. You're running probably up more
0: likely to find me than Cynthia. I think because I think the plan for the podcast is that you may be mid pack in. Like,
1: I think the I'm going to be more mid pack,
0: but that's not yeah. to say that's not to say you won't catch Cynthia at the first checkpoint for sure. Like I think you'll be able to. You'll yeah. be there, and you'll be able to get some impressions and.
1: Mm-hmm. For me for me specifically, I think it's going to be a very interesting experience where I think the first like maybe 48 hours, like registration day and the first day going to be a bit hectic because there's a lot of people around and I won't really want to make sure and talk to a lot of different people and see what their perspectives are. And then if we move more into when the mid-pack, pick, mid-pack really starts to form, like the other thing is I have no experience in the media team. So I don't really know where the cars are. I see them now and then. But I don't know what they're doing the rest of the time, you know, so it's going to be a very interesting experience. But are you, uh, you are both going to also plan on doing, uh, you know, posting other things like on your specific. I'm going to be on my own journey trying to tell everyone's stories. But how are you planning on sharing your story so people can follow along?
0: I'm a prolific Instagram storyer. I don't know. I over share on the Internet 24-7, 365. So uh, <laughs> when I have service, I will be. Posting to my stories probably some really unhinged thoughts, but that's fine. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, my partner, will be editing the podcast for us. Thank you, Jake. Awesome. We love you, Jake. But I <laughs> we love you, Jake. Um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Uh I may use some of the photos that Niels is taking before the race to have him like write posts daily or every other day. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But for sure, Instagram stories and then of course people can do the the dot watching on the map progress and hopefully Cynthia and I will exchange some voice notes because mm-hmm. we want to try and give some like unfiltered funny not fu- well they'll probably be funny cuz we'll be cracked but mm-hmm. um
2: yeah. yeah uh i <laughs> 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 i really i really want to try and film this um it is really hard to race at the front yeah and also film and also put on social like it's it's a challenge so I my realistic goals are I will film I'm going to make like a video about Atlas but it's not necessarily just going to be about the race it's going to be about like the whole atmosphere um because it's so tough to follow or to film while I'm riding so um i'm gonna do a little bit of um fun YouTube video that way, so you'll see that afterwards, but during the race, i'm gonna try to put a couple videos up a day, just like quick recording unvarnished. myself on varnish. like I just went through this hellish h- hike a bike and I busted open my the skin on my knee for the seventh time, which I I don't know. I'm kidding, but um, <laughs> don't don't speak the crashes yeah,
0: it into be, existence. So no, it would be a, a crash. You'd be now. like, I,
2: I usually get those things from walking, not actually riding. So my goal is to have a little bit of content on my social, and um, I I don't know this this race is I don't know what the surface is going to be like, you know. So maybe at some remember. of the towns and the checkpoints, I'll be able to upload. A video or two but hmm. i'm not necessarily like i may just be radio silence so sorry Sweet. to the internet for that well you heard it here but-
1: first guys uh, if you want to <laughs> <laughs> follow along and uh, set your expectations not too high <laughs> uh,
2: yeah um, i'll post the videos that's the thing after the race then i'll yeah. do like a dump basically um i think that that's kind of how my uh actually at badlands though i took i think i only took one photo the whole 40
0: but that race is like that race is like that's like that was a non-stop effort whereas like atlas will be a will be a different experience for you because it will it will be broken up into days whereas i feel like badlands at least my perspective of watching you do it it was just one it was just like one massive day right
2: like yeah Mm-hmm. so hopefully think, this time i'll have a little more flexible time well, i
1: don't know maybe. let's see i mean i definitely I feel the vibe of like i don't know i feel like i'm pretty good at posting on like day one two, and by the time we get to day four five i'm just like oh <laughs> you know i really like uh like you say just doing the raw to camera i'll do something that's less than a minute just be like hey i'm here i'm doing this it's going fine it's day whatever like truck along and in the meantime i have like 200 pictures on my uh, nice camera that I love taking pictures with, but I'm not going to sit at the mm. side of the road mm-hmm. and transfer them all to my phone. No. I'm not here for it. No. I'm just going to tell you what's going on right now because I know you're concerned mm-hmm. <laughs> or curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we'll share the yeah. actual beauty of it a bit later because mm-hmm. you can barely process it at the time. Later. You know, I would yeah, ask, yeah. and I ask sincerely, if you do this back and forth voice notey thing, can you t- please do it in our WhatsApp group chats so I can hear it too and we can... <laughs> I can <laughs> elevate my level of custodian of gossip that I am going for, and I get the insiders. I
0: am really excited for the voice notes. I also am like, I I'm so grateful, Cynthia, that you're faster than me because it's so mm. motivating. Oh, I'm like, it's mm. so motivating, and one of the things that like to be like this i'm gonna cry saying this but like i like see tired everyone sees tired treads when you're riding but then you always think about like whose tread is that and i'll be like maybe i'm riding in cynthia's tread and that's kind of like you know a to the finish so <laughs>
2: my heart i'll be there I'm at just, the finish line for you don't worry your mom and i will be ready to give you
1: a group hug
0: and beers there better be <laughs>
1: we're selling it so hard like guys is everyone excited about atlas mountain race god i'm so excited i'm so excited it's gonna be I'm the best excited. Time. my
2: whole life has just been about planning for this race for like the last <laughs> yeah. three months it's so.
1: it's the true climax right here right now yeah that's amazing
2: mm, right here right in
0: now. february no less like february yeah. what a wild month to be doing a bike race that's so crazy alan to
2: you're gonna be doing the podcast with uh amr you're going to be like heading Mm -hmm. it up and people can listen to that where can we find it
1: yeah so we're going to be posting direct to yeah (laughs) Mel.
2: the
0: amr silk road sorry i shouldn't have jumped in the amr Mm -hmm. silk road channel will drop it in the
2: the show notes show notes yeah
1: yeah so everyone should definitely listen Um, along like uh, atlas mountain race Previously had a podcast, so they already have a podcast stream. Uh, many people will already be subscribed to it, and I've been subscribed to it for years. Uh, and so people can go follow it there, and then it will be dropped mm-hmm. into. Uh, I think the plan n- to not confuse the very busy Instagram publication feed, which will have reels and photos of the race going on, we're going to be posting the show note, the the link to the show. Most likely on the stories of Atlas Mountain Race, but some previews of some of the stories. And then also, uh, I would assume on uh, the detours, we uh, would tag mm-hmm. detours. It goes onto their story, tag it onto mine, it goes tag on my detours. story. Like, we're going to be sharing mostly on Instagram stories the link, but anyone who wants to go and subscribe to it via the show notes, then they can get it directly to their podcast feed as it updates every day. Thanks to the For wonderful Jake. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then everybody who listens to that podcast on the AMR channel, mm-hmm. you better subscribe to Detours or else I'm going to come find you because we have year-round. No beers mm-hmm. for you.
1: No yeah. beers for you if you don't subscribe to It's in the small detours. print of the podcast description uh, that it's an oblig- <laughs> obligation to follow back. <laughs> <laughs> or, we haven't figured out the or yet, you know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I'm very excited to see well, both this your has stories. Been
2: wonderful, everybody. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see you guys. And I, we're going to be there so soon. I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. So mm-hmm. much to do before then. <laughs> Don't think about all of it. Little <laughs> yeah. lists, little, little lists. lists, little chunks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Beautiful. When do you arrive there, Alan?
1: Oh, I'm getting there like the night before. We're going to roll straight into it. Oh. Yeah. Don't Love have it. so much time, unfortunately. But we're
2: going
0: for buffet dinner in Marrakesh, right, on Thursday night?
1: Oh. But- if we can Wonderful. convince people to come to the Medina the night before the market, I know that people are stressed about staying on their circadian rhythms and stuff. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs>
2: Wait, we'll be up late, actually. I, because, because We'll, we'll be up late. Hour, six right. or I'm nine. So we're Cynthia and I will be having a disco. <laughs> a disco. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a conversation
1: with uh, Mr. Nelson Trees the other day, and he did tell me, like, your whole racing career has been building up to this point because this is the where – you really learn about sleep deprivation, <laughs> you know the media team does not get a lot of sleep it's they really don't get a lot so of sleep. so I'm all in I'm all in, and I will be here to not sleep and just to chat to all of you
0: Wait Maybe. one one final question because it just crossed my mind, and I haven't asked anybody who's raised a m r this what's the energy drink situation like in Morocco? Oh.
1: <laughs> uh there is yeah (laughs) yeah do you know there there is and it's very it's quite plentiful I I would say that like super early on like one of the earlier nights I went with energy drinks to get me through the night and I crashed like so hard that I nearly fucking fell asleep on my bike because I was crashing so hard and I realized that like I needed my roller coaster to be like a little bit less intense in order to get through the low Mm, part so I I avoided mm -hmm. it personally but if you if you're here for it it's totally there.
0: I'm a Red Bull gal, but Red Bull's quite steady, you know. Mm. So
1: <laughs> hell of a drug. I don't do you <laughs> drinks. Not, not a fan. Um, well, now I know. That's how we. Okay. Yeah. but now we'll no. find Thanks out everyone. when we're on the
2: ground. Well, we do our recon at the at the you know resupply gas station, whatever they I'll are. I'll
0: do a sample, a taste test, taste test.
2: Yeah, wonderful, amazing. Woo. Thanks, everyone. Sure. See you all soon. See
0: you in, in Marrakesh. See
2: you in Marrakesh.